this is episode 117 of Tell Me Where to Turn. We're really glad you've joined us for this monumental episode, Minus Point Break Dave. Oh, can, yeah. You can find me on Twitter at Tommy2 underscore zero. You can find me at Glenn3 underscore 11, and you can find the show at Where to Turn Pod. Okay. Wait, actually, you know what? Stand by. <laughs> okay. Got to click the, uh, got to click this. It's always good to have safety. That is good. It's good to practice Very safe Whoa. recording. We're record. Oh, there you are. We recorded and you disappeared, and now you're back. Yeah, that's just the visual indicator that we are recording and that we are being recorded. Oh, I see how this works. Yeah, you know, a I friend see of uh, one of you this week, <laughs> not not two of you this week. Friend of Point Break, Dave's. I think sometimes part-time listener to the show reached out wanting to uh, get some tips about how to start his own podcast. Okay, all and right. That, and yeah, and that's what I said. I mean, it's really as simple as that. Just uh, record and be recorded. The rest of yeah. it just kind of takes care of itself. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's pretty good advice. I did maybe, find maybe it, he'd like to have us on. <laughs> I did find it humorous that he... Uh, prefaced his um, request for more information with, hey, look, I know I give Dave a hard time about how bad you guys' podcast is, but I don't really mean it. What is he, uh, is this going to be, uh, you know, any type of specific subject-driven subject, subject driven podcast, or he just wants to get on and just talk about nothing? No, uh, this is very subject-driven, so try not to uh, fall asleep, but it's going to be faith-based. Hey, I'm still there. I'm still hanging on here. We haven't hit unsubscribe yet. So you haven't heard Chuck Swindoll shaking in his boots from your seat there? <laughs> no, not not yet. But, you know, What's you know the... an avalanche just starts with like one <laughs> tiny snowball. Chuck Swindoll is probably a dated reference, too. What's that? Uh, what's the pastor in California that uh, that? Wrote, I think he wrote Experiencing God, but he's like the, he's, he's a pretty big deal in the, we should know this as a faith-based podcast, but. Rick Warren's. Yeah, Rick California. Warren, that's the guy. I was going to okay. say, I think he immediately sent a cease and desist to this guy when he heard he was going to start a podcast. He just didn't want him encroaching on the empire even a little bit. Yeah, that's why we uh, always put gambling or wrestling before the faith-based part, so we get we don't get caught. Right. It's like it's like my uh, my mom used to warn me about Christian music when I was growing up. You know, she said you got to watch out for those secular bands that you try to get in as being a Christian artist, get into your home, but they're really not. And it, we're like the reverse of that. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point. Yeah. We're like the reverse, yeah, the reverse Trojan horse. Yeah. So <laughs> we were, uh, speaking of gambling, we were discussing right before you hit record how uh, sometimes the obvious plays just turned out to be have the worst results. And that's very apparent tonight as I've heavily invested in the uh, Astros and what seemed to be an obvious uh, good matchup, and they're putting up a big zero through six innings. Yeah, well, that trying sounds... to get out here. I need to borrow some money. <laughs> sounds vaguely familiar. And I was I was actually texting with a uh, another friend of ours that's a big fantasy baseball player, and 
I've just was lamenting the bad luck I've been having lately and in specifically bad luck around hitters that I start getting hit by a pitch on the hand and coming out of the game. I think it's happened to me four times in the last eight days. And I told this guy on text, I said, you know, I said, I'm just jinxed. I said, every, every batter I start gets hit by the, by a pitch. Well, tonight I started Corey Kluber and guess what happened to him? (laughs) Oh, trust me. I know a nice line drive off his elbow. So yeah, again, as we're talking about the reverse, instead of hitting somebody with a pitch, he got hit with a comebacker comes out in the fifth inning. So yeah, that, uh, let's see, $9,400 I invested in him got me a nice 5.1 points tonight. I did have my, uh, first close call to, uh, a four figure payout the other night. Oh, well that that's, that's more excitement than I've had. Um, and close call was trying to think it was in, uh, one of those, uh, $5 single entry contests and i ended up finishing like 13th i think oh. of like 2700 something like that man so it paid a co- it paid a couple hundred bucks but uh yeah up top it paid uh two grand so i so was, what was uh, the, what sweating would, it out there what was the strategy that was employed for that finish uh we were big white Sox fans i think this was last friday and this was the game that actually they I think they were down several runs and I was completely out of it, like not even paying attention. And all of a sudden the phone buzzes with a home run notification for one white sock. And then a few minutes later, another one, and about 20 minutes later, another one. And I take a look at it and I've climbed up from like mid range in the standings to like the top 50. And I've still got two pitchers going, but they didn't quite rack up enough K's. I got the two wins, like on the West. I had the two West Coast pitchers. Yeah. So you got like the late night. Everybody's drawn dead. Yeah, and, and you're, with and you're every just moving out, up, you're just the, inching. There's up no better more feeling more. than that. Um, but yeah, we were about between the two of them. We're about five strikeouts short. Man, I, I haven't even in baseball. I haven't even had a sniff in weeks. Now it's been just so bad, and I and I've even been on the right games with the worst players you could pick in those games. I was on the Rangers today in the noon game uh, or the two Oh five start and missed every home run hit in the game. I was on both sides of it in a, in a high scoring game and missed all of it. It finished with less than 60 points stacking a game that combined for 12 runs. Right. We always condone whether it's the, the way to play it is to stack teams. Oh yeah. Pick a game to get a game and, the final score is, you know, nine to seven. And you're like, Oh, that had to turn out. Well, I've got all the batters that just slapped a couple of singles. Yeah. No, it's been, it's anyway. been an unbelievable run of bad luck, but I'm doing so good in golf and NASCAR that it's actually balancing out the baseball losses, which is not typically the way it works, you know, yeah. especially in NASCAR. I mean, my, my MO for NASCAR is usually about, 30 minutes before the green flag drops, just to frantically go in there and just start <laughs> picking guys that add up. No thought put into it other than just what I overall know about NASCAR. No uh, no real deep analysis. And I'll, I'll be darned if every week I don't have one lineup that's sitting there right on the precipice of doing something huge. It's 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 been unbelievable, and golf's been the same way. Just I have See, the magic touch. I just haven't been able to get into that. And unbelievably, we were 
two and a half months into the NASCAR season. So, you know, 10 races in, 11 races in. I think I've only uh, had any kind of wagering or DraftKings on like two of the races. I think Daytona, and I think when I went to the race in Texas. That's terrible. You need so to, I got to get back, uh, back on that. You need that. to rectify that, especially like last week at Talladega, the prize pools get bigger, and it's a total crapshoot. Yeah. You can get your Ross Chastain in there. Oh, topical name. Uh, our friend KJ brought up Ross Chastain to, to me uh, today, in fact, and maybe he can share with you after he listens to this why he brought his name oh, up. Boy. In a, in Is this a, a bear very trap? Offensive, very offensive fashion. Oh, no. Does Ross Chastain have like a yearbook photo or something that's regrettable? Uh, you, just, you just wait with, with bated breath. Well, speaking of NASCAR, I pay off this. I texted you about this. I was too excited to wait, but I got the full payoff today. But the there's a lady on my team, and and very young lady. She's just just out of school. I know. Yeah, Vandy. Uh, you know what? I don't know actually, but pretty much everybody everybody on my team either went to Vandy or UT. And you know what I mean Whoa. when I say UT. Wait a <laughs> wait a second. Wait a second. I don't have an acceptance letter from Knoxville. You know how hard that, that's been the hardest thing for me to adjust being here is that people throw out UT all the time. And every time I fall for it, I jump off sides every single time. <laughs> like, oh, you, you watching the UT game tonight? You going, did you go to UT? And I'm just like, wow, like, how are all these people from Texas here? This is amazing. Fall for it every time. She had told me a couple of weeks ago because she said, "Why?" She said, "You, you, you're a NASCAR fan, aren't you?" And I said, "Yeah, I am." And she said, "Well, I'm I'm going to my first race at Talladega." And I said, "That's awesome." And she kind of tells me a little more of the story. And um, she grew up with somebody that's that's plugged in with the Mars Candy Company. So she's like, "Yeah, we're going to get to meet their driver." And I'm like, "You mean Kyle Busch?" And she's like, "Yeah, that's his name." Yeah, that's his name. Well, she stopped by the office, my office today, to show me some pictures from Talladega. You, you're, you're not going to believe this. In fact, she didn't do it, but I asked her to uh, email. This sounds real bad. Yeah, email me some pics. <laughs> There's a couple of them. I said you got to send me these because I said I've got a friend, Glenn three underscore eleven, that's just going to lose his mind like when she, he sees these. Like she doesn't know who I am. But let me let me just paint this scenario for you. So these were the pictures that I saw of her. Her with with uh, her arm around Kyle Busch standing in front of the car, her leaning up against the car on the on pit road before the green was dropped, her sitting in the real M and M's pit box, not like the fan one, because she's holding the camera out and Adam Stevens is like it's literally over his shoulder, like he's sitting right there, like where she could reach out and tap him on the shoulder. Wow. She told me. Kyle Bush was, or not Kyle Bush, Kyle Bush's wife was super nice. She talked to us the whole day. And then here's the best part. She said, well, do you know who Joe Gibbs is? And I yeah, said, I I said yeah. Do. And she's like, well, did you know he was a football coach? And I said, <laughs> yeah. And she's like, oh, well, he let me wear his Super Bowl ring when I was there and showed me a picture of her wearing his Super Bowl ring. Man, I've worn a World Series ring before. Whoa. <laughs> Uh, there's a bragging montage. Speaking of faith-based, though, Joe Gibbs. There you go. A faith-based race team. That's right. Racing team. Maybe that's so when the you're, I thought you were going to say you wore John Wetland's Super Bowl or World Series ring. Uh, Speaking of faith-based. <laughs> no. No. Get a distance from that one? 
Yeah, I can't even. I'm not even gonna going anywhere with that. We're gonna we're closing that one. Ironically, but, but hypothetical time though. If if you were approached with that opportunity, wouldn't that be pretty much like your dream weekend to go to Talladega, sit in Kyle Busch's pit box, and get to wear Joe Gibbs Super Bowl ring all in one day? Yeah, that's pretty good. And this and this trip was okay. absolutely lost in this girl because she had no idea about NASCAR, who anybody was, what was going on. Like, couldn't even comprehend what had happened. But she enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, she said it was fun. Got a ton of M and M swag. You know, they outfitted them all when they got there. Right. But, so but, she didn't show back up and was like, you know, yeah, it was nice, but. I'm not sure why they had to race around so many times. <laughs> Couldn't they just do it like once or twice? Yeah, she was like, yeah, what's the deal with these restrictor plates? I mean, is that really <laughs> allowing the top talent to shine through here? No, her, she was concerned, like everyone else, about the speeds were too high. and then Yeah, cl- she was real worried about dangerous. the closing rates. Yeah. She was like, you know, if you're in the, in the front of that draft and the, you know, they, they take the air off of you, uh, just the handling's not there. And I was like, I know. I mean, it's, it's a real issue. They got to raise yeah. that ride height back up. You know, they're just there's the cars are stuck to the ground too much. Just don't get me don't get me started about side drafting and all that. We could be there. We could be here for for hours. Yeah, it's just uh, yeah. So that that was uh, that was my update to you. And then I've got another work related update. You're gonna love this one. Remember the worst April Fool's prank ever, the bus driver. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Have an, have a, the bus was on fire. Yeah. Have an update on that guy. Who did he shoot? <laughs> so I'm riding the bus with him. And you got to imagine, this has got to be the most beaten job in the world because you're driving a small little, you know, I don't know, whatever is 20, 24 seater mini shuttle bus in a, in a, you know, 0.5 mile circle all day. I mean, there's no change in scenery, no change in route. You're just doing the, and you never get above 10 miles an hour. I mean, this is it. It's just a bunch of privileged UT grads. Yeah, a lot of Vandy and UT grads getting on the bus. So the shuttle service stops about six o'clock, and uh, I was burning the real midnight oil one night, and I was still there at 530. (laughs) So I had to get in the bus. Of course, it's almost empty on the bus because it's just me and one other lady. And the uh, the place where I work is right next. It's adjacent to a really popular park in the city of Nashville where a lot of people go to. There's a pond and a running trail. A lot of people go to exercise, walk their dogs. There's a dog park there. So you see a lot of a lot of fitness people, you know, coming down the sidewalk to enter the park. Well, he's driving the bus. Mind you, this is the same guy that pulled the let's evacuate the buses on fire on April Fool's. This is me, another lady in the bus, 5.30. He's on the street, so he's not in the parking lot anymore. He's on the street. Well, coming down the sidewalk is a lady exercising, and she's, she's pretty skimpily dressed. And, and you know, things were going pretty well for her. But she was wearing you know, basically like a sports bra and like the smallest shorts imaginable. Is this like on your work campus? Yeah, so she's, she's basically running on the edge of campus, and they'll run down the edge of campus and then cut across the street to go to this park. So does, th- does this person work at your company or they're just cutting through the property? I mean, it's not 100% because a lot of people that work do go run after work. It wasn't anybody I recognized. But then there's also okay. a lot of street parking along there. So it could have just been somebody that parked their car and jumped out to go for a jog. So okay, all right, could have been either way. So again, bus is on fire, man, on the street, stops the bus, 
when he sees this girl, rolls down the window and goes, damn, girl, and then puts the bus back in gear, drives to the next stop. (laughs) Oh, well, I mean, the guy's probably driving a shuttle bus for a reason, for the love of the game. Right, but I feel like this is going to end up being like a Harvey Weinstein situation where he's going to have made it through his whole career, like 30 years of driving this bus, but then when finally... Like the tip, the tipping point happens where somebody brings out a complaint. Like it's going to be a ninety-day trial of just one person after another, just saying like, "Yeah." And then, and then when I thought it couldn't get any worse, but anyways, I kind of like so when he did this, like when he stops the bus and rolls down the window, I'm already panicking because I'm like, I don't want to be a part of this. So I just right. head down, not acknowledging it's going on. Well, I kind of cut my eyes over to the other lady in the bus because I'm thinking, well, if somebody's going to be offended here, it's probably going to be her. And she, man, she just was like head down in a in her on her computer, like never, never broke stride. Just He's let just it go. Just away with it. So if this shuttle driver, let's say he had about sixty three hundred dollars left on a roster, and he was choosing <laughs> between Ross Chastain and Bubba Wallace, which one do you think he'd pick? I think he would probably see if they could let him put Bubba Wallace in six times. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I just wanted. I'm just trying to paint the picture. Yeah, and if he was, and let me. Well, here I'll paint the picture even more for you. On the day of the first round of the NFL draft, he was wearing a Des Bryant jersey while driving the bus. All right, well, he's current on all of his sports. No, he had the Des. He was rocking the Des. I was hoping it was going to be a playmaker, but when I looked at the back, it was clearly a Des. So yeah. Well, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. It's uh. It's uh, Jersey Day at my uh, kid's school tomorrow, and he'll be he'll be sporting the Des Bryant jersey for class tomorrow. So. Oh, so you didn't put him in the Cristiano Ronaldo? No, I think that's the only jersey that he has. Is a I got it for him when Des actually still played for him. Same. He still just likes to wear it. If you were any kind of real dad, you would have got him a Jonathan VR after the fifteen thousand dollar win. <laughs> I only buy that stuff. And Eric uh, Thames. For, <laughs> for myself. And when I go to baseball games. And speaking of, I went to a baseball game last week. Yeah, so I heard about this. So before you talk about the baseball game, I want to know how the basketball and the hockey game were. Did those both work oh, out man. pretty good? So I mentioned a couple of weeks ago about my trip that was coming up to Boston. And this is a great a great trip. There was a handful of us that went, kind of a three-day, three-night thing. And these are the same guys um, that you did the Montana trip with? And yes. I mean, this is the same, the same crew you're rolling with. Yeah. So we've, we've done several. We've done the greater Southwest, and then recently we've worked in Florida, Colorado, Montana, and now Massachusetts, specifically Boston. Um, it was a great trip, but it was also kind of the trip of uh, what might have been. Because we had these grand plans of first night we're going to see an NBA playoff game at the TD Garden or whatever they call it. But no, the Indiana Pacers couldn't just manage to win one game and force it to game five. So and I feel like I correctly there, predicted that on the last podcast, that that was yeah. going to happen. So already, and we knew that before we left. So we'd already accepted that and we're like, well, we got to figure out something else to do. So we've already got that counted against us. We purposely scheduled like the 6.45 a.m. flight going out so we could get there and have as much time there on day one as we could. 
So how many days were you staying in total? Th- three days. Three days, three nights. So that's a pretty... So, I mean, you're getting up to get to DFW from your house by 6.45. I mean, you're getting up, oh, what, 5 a.m.? I got up at 4.30. Oh, that's a rough way to start a trip, though. Yeah, so I was... Well, so I got up at 4.30. There was three of us that were riding together, so I drove to one of their their house and had to be there. Well, I was supposed to be there at 5.15. I got there at 5.25, but that, that's kind of like Kind of like starting this podcast, right? We're supposed to start at yeah. 8.30. It's usually more like 9, but hey. Uh, I believe there was some sporting event on the night before that I just stayed up and watched, so it was probably after 11 before I went to bed. But I got up at 4.30. About 4.35, I was doing the, the Stone Cold Steve Austin to two Monster Energies <laughs> in my kitchen to prepare me for... For the day. So we get there, plenty of time and everything. I mean, we were on the plane, 6.45, when it's scheduled to take off. Southwest? Now, there was a lot uh, American. I only fly American because I am an American. Um, we're all ready to go. There's a lot of big weather that came through that night and first thing that morning. So we expected... We're not going to take off right on time. And they actually came over within five, ten minutes of us being all locked in and ready to go and said, Hey, there's a lot of rain, a lot of weather. We're picking our sp- spots when we take off. So we're like fifth in line. So it's going to be a little while longer. So a 15 minute delay turns into 30, turns into 40. Then we get another announcement that, uh, we're, they're checking on something. It was very vague. Then we get about an hour, hour and 10. We're on the plane this whole time. And there's some kind of an issue with the computer on the plane. <laughs> Wait a minute. Like they couldn't they couldn't pull up the blocked sites. Yeah. Private browsing wasn't working. Which uh we have a buddy who works for Spirit Airlines and one of us texted him and said, Hey, we just got this announcement about the computer and his immediate response is they're being purp- purposely vague because they don't really know what's going on and you're not gonna take off anytime soon. Wow. So, so wouldn't you know it about Five minutes later, we deplaned and we're back, back outside the gate. So let me ask you this psychological question because I've noticed this about myself, especially as I've gotten older. I don't think I have claustrophobia because I've taken plenty of long plane flights. But there's something about being on the plane once the door's shut, but sitting on the ground that I get real anxious and restless, and just I don't do as well. But once it takes off, like for some reason, that doesn't that seems fine. And I don't know if it's just because I, I'm eager to get going or I'm annoyed or I'm trying to like play out of my mind how much this is going to delay my trip. But that's, every time recently that's happened to me, I've found myself to be very poor at waiting while on the ground. Um, so the savior for me on that, on this flight, first off, do we know what show this is? Did we ever uh, introduce what we're doing here? You know what we need to do? Is we need to what stop here this? and introduce it, and then I'll put it back at the beginning of the show. Okay. So, so I could what just say, is it? Yeah, so I say, hey, this is episode 117 of Tell Me Where to Turn. We're really glad you've joined us for this monumental episode, Minus Point Break Dave. Oh, you can, yeah. You can find me on Twitter at Tommy2 underscore zero. 
You can find me at Glenn three underscore eleven, and you can find the show at Where to Turn Pod. And that's how the magic happens, right there. That's how we do it. So the savior for me on this uh, delayed flight, especially when we're just waiting on, I believe they call it the tarmac. I don't know if that's really where we were. Um, sounds sounds plausible. In-flight movies, the little screen in front of you, which. I don't know on American if that's standard with every flight or if it has to be going a certain distance. You know, I've been flying American a lot more just for work and then, you know, my trips back to Dallas. It really just depends on the plane because I'll get that plane probably one out of three times coming out of Nashville and I love it. And I love it for a couple of reasons. One is, is yeah, it's all right there. But two, I love the angle that the screen is at because when I'm looking at a movie on my iPad, I never can get it in a really comfortable place to watch. But where they have that screen right. on the seat in front of you. It's perfect, and they have a lot of good content there, man. I've rekindled oh, yeah. my love for The Office. For sure. It's great um, It's great stuff. But when you're sitting on the ground, don't they, every time they make an announcement, it jacks the thing up yeah, and it restarts? It and, and, and I will I will get to that. Yeah. Well, you mentioned that, but I'll get to that. that Take was issue on the return. with that. That was the, on the return back. But I'm waiting out the delay because I'm enjoying Free Solo for the first time. Ooh, I, I still still need to watch that. I, that's on the list, but I, I don't do well with heights. Well, I've that heard, guy's an idiot. Yeah, I've heard that. I heard that can also be stress-inducing. Yeah, so I watched the first half hour of that while I was just we were just sitting there not moving. We actually deplane. Man, you've got uh, all they, your airport terminology down. Tarmac, deplane. <laughs> this is impressive. We, we, we go back to the gate. Um did we we they bring out free snacks and drinks for us at the for gate? Our troubles. Yeah, I've never experienced. I've never experienced that. So what time? It's like what eight or nine in the morning now. Uh, yeah, it's probably a little after eight by this point. So what 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 did they bring you for snacks? Uh, there was chips and stuff oh. and drinks. So it wasn't like uh, it wasn't they like they brought you had, out like a box of donuts you know or. No, 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 no. They didn't bring that out immediately because we stood outside our gate for a while. Then they sent us to another gate because they said, okay, you're going to be on a different plane. It's like three gates down. We went there for like 30 minutes. Then they made the announcement, go back to the original gate because we're actually going to take the original plane. Ooh. And now I'm like, I don't know if I want to get on this original so, plane. Yeah. See, they've pushed control alt delete and rebooted the computer. They just went out and they hit the side of the plane like three times. They're like, ah, oh, seems to work yeah, fine now. We just can't get it to do it, do it again. It seems fine. I think it'll be good. If it starts acting up, yeah. just call us. Because we were definitely past 10 o'clock before they brought out the snacks, which drinks, chips, and sandwiches, which I, I actually, because I had gotten some nice breakfast tacos while we were waiting earlier, I just went and grabbed two sandwiches and threw them in my bag and just <laughs> saved them for later. You make a stew, yeah. That's right, make a stew, that's right. So, finally, at around 11.15, 11.30, we finally take off. So Four and a half hours later. So tell me, like, the whole time you're just thinking about how much later you could have slept in. I mean, we were thinking about it. I mean, the only saving grace in this situation is it's, you know, there's five of us, you're not traveling just by yourself, or it's not you and... God forbid your family. Um, so, I mean, we're just goofing around the whole time. And the, the five of us, we hang out every once in a while, but we don't get a chance to really see each other that often. So it's cool that we're just sitting around in the airport just 
goofing around. So everybody else in that gate hated you guys by this oh. time, right? I mean, I can't even imagine that early in the morning. Like, that's a lot to take as a frustrated traveler. I'm sure there was people traveling to funerals and, <laughs> you know, just been laid off from their job. And then you guys are there just playing grab ass in the airport and just doing bits. Yeah, just yeah. full bits at six, seven, eight in the morning. Yeah. Uh, so finally, get on the plane, we get there. We got there at like four o'clock. Um, you know, the plan going in was we get there by lunch. We have some nice lunch. Go on a little tour of the city, a little walking tour that uh, that I had booked. And then... Uh, <laughs> Wait, you, 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 you actually know. booked a real walking tour? <laughs> oh, yeah, it was great. The good thing is you could use it any day, the ticket any day, so we just went the next day. Oh, but I was going to say, you can't even walk, so this is a... I can walk five... <laughs> That's been three months ago. Yeah, I've just been sitting here in my chair the whole time. Every time I see you, you're sitting in the chair. That's a good point. So we get there the first night, and then it, you know the city's cool. We uh, oh yeah, you'll love this. So we get there, but we I mean we don't. By the time we land, get to our condo where we're staying and stuff, it's like four thirty, four forty-five. Um, and you know it's been hours since we've eaten, so. But uh, one of the guys, since we knew we weren't going to the uh, basketball game, we have different people in charge of stuff, okay? So one guy always finds the lodging. I always handle all the game tickets and that type of stuff. And another guy always books. He does all the restaurant stuff. And we just hand it to him. So he's booked us a nice reservation at a seafood restaurant. Ah, yeah. That's pretty well known. Captain D's. Yes, Captain D's. Now, if I give you one guess as to what I got at this seafood place, <laughs> what would you go with? I know. I, I mean, this is not even a this is not even a challenge. And and people listening to the show are going to be like, "How are you this smart?" Because it's not it's not like an obvious guess. It's not like shrimp or something. No, you got swordfish, grilled effing swordfish. See, this is easy. Did you at and least was, did you at least try a nice bowl of New England clam chowder? I had we're only there three nights. Um, I had a bowl of clam chowder there. I had one the next afternoon when we were in like this marketplace, you know, in the middle of the city, and I had another one that they offered it at an Italian restaurant the third night. So I had clam chowder every single day. So you will not be disappointed. No, there. that's, I, that's, I wouldn't expect anything less and grilled swordfish. Yeah. And I was almost bold enough, but my only fear was if they handed me the menu and I immediately said, I don't need to see this. I'll have the grilled swordfish was, I thought there might be a chance that they don't serve that. And then I'll, I'll look a little bit silly so I actually took the menu and looked for about five seconds. But you said this was a higher end place. It was, uh, yeah, it was, you know, you're not getting out of there for less than, you know, 50 bucks pop. Right. But did you have a Point Break Dave type character in the party that was like trying to get the cheese quesadilla <laughs> or something? Or is everybody getting an adult meal? No, these were all grown-up humans who okay. actually so actually par- partook in fresh seafood and didn't try the hamburger with ranch on the side at the <laughs> seafood restaurant. No, I went with swordfish, had some chowder. But speaking of Point Break, Dave, I did have uh, 
did order the old fashioned off the off the cocktail menu. Yeah, that's so he's a, got me. Oh, that's a staple of Point Break, Dave. He's got me on that. I had more than a couple of those uh, during the course of the trip. Yeah, see, so, if you were paying homage to me, you would ask to see the craft beer menu and then order a Michelob <laughs> Ultra. That's usually my move. Right. Can I can I see the local beers you have and then look at them and like, yeah, I better just go with the Michelob Ultra here. <laughs> play it safe. <coughs> so the the nightlife, if you will, pretty much consisted of the high-end restaurant and then whatever the first bar that we found was showing hockey and or basketball. We just walked in and spent until we were ready to go back home. And mm-hmm. well, actually the trains only ran till like midnight or one in the morning, so we had to head back to the train by then so we didn't get stranded in the middle of a place where we don't know where we're going. Where they don't have but, Uber? Uh, well, I guess they do, but, you know. His story was more dramatic than what you told it, but... Right. I mean, you spend, like, you know, 20 bucks on a unlimited pass for the train. You want to use it as much uh, as you can. Absolutely. Did that uh, Airbnb work out okay? Oh, fantastic. Just a lovely arrangement. Nice location? Uh, yeah, a lot of, uh, just, uh, good restaurants nearby within walking distance. It's, uh, you ever been to Boston? Yeah, I actually went there to go to Fenway, which I know we're going to get to, but uh, we stayed in a hotel. Yeah, we, we that's didn't, the only time though. But funny, funny story, because you know, most of the traveling party I was with, we did the same thing, high-end seafood restaurant, or not high-end, but you know, well, mid to high-end. And yeah, I, the worst I, thing about this scenario is I just asked you a question. I was there with you in Boston the time that you went, and I've, that's dawned on me, but go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, well, if you were there, but the, one of the guys in our party ate clam chowder for the first time in his entire life that night. You know what's funny is, well, I think that restaurant that we ate at, there's more than one location in Boston mm-hmm. for that. I can't remember what it was called, but... Um, we didn't eat there, but I ran across one and I was like, I wonder if that's the one that we went to like seven years ago yeah. or whatever it was. It's but really awesome that I don't remember anything about that restaurant other than the, what the guy ordered. You didn't even remember I was on the trip. Yeah. <laughs> but right. you remember the restaurant vividly to the point where you can identify it seven years later. That's impressive. Yeah, that's a good point. What I was going to uh, say, what I was going to tell you one other fun Airbnb fact the city that I'm in now, Nashville, they've just passed an ordinance this year that essentially outlaws um, Airbnbs in the Nashville city limits. You can't put your house up on Airbnb unless you actually live there as your full-time residence because apparently it's a big problem in the city of people buying second and third homes and just turning them into, you know, revolving doors, like basically like the Emily Jones of houses. And... uh, (sighs) How dare you? Yeah, I'm going to stick with that. Um, um, but yeah, they passed, yeah, guess, passed an ordinance because the neighbors, and I, I could totally see that. I mean, if you're you know, you're know at your house where you are now and the, the house next door is just a full-time Airbnb and you have no idea what you're going to encounter each week, who's going to be there, I that mean, would I don't know what's be going a pretty on big next door down. to me right now. They could have a full-blown meth lab in there. I wouldn't have any idea. They could be having some kind of sex party next door. You wouldn't know? Whoa. <laughs> Let's not faith based, okay? Let's not. That's only for procreation. That's it. <laughs> As it was intended. So where were we at, Boston? So the the middle day, which was last Thursday, 
very baseball intensive. So I was pretty much just living inside a tent the entire the entire day. Uh, I mean, after breakfast and we, I don't even remember what we did, you know, that morning and stuff, but uh, we went down near Fenway, probably about 1230, one o'clock, um, ate at a place that some people had recommended it's near the ballpark i feel like we messed that up when we went i feel like the place we ate was like the tourist trap it wasn't any good i don't know i don't remember what that but it wasn't the same place no i i wasn't i remember feeling like that we probably missed an opportunity to do that better yeah um then took a tour of fenway which is pretty cool so they do that on game day yes that's it. That's it, very interesting. I mean, they kind of walk you just. Did you go in the locker room and see Xander Bogart? No, I did not. Oh. I didn't get to sit next to Andrew Benatendi <laughs> uh, or play or play catch with Raphael Devers. Thing was, they didn't. You didn't get to go like down to the dugout or near the field. So they just kind of. You didn't. It was more about the history of the park and stuff like that. You didn't get to like play dominoes with Mookie Betts or anything like that. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I didn't. I was. I was looking forward to maybe if they had a ping pong table and Eduardo Rodriguez <laughs> was just standing there by himself, just kind of spinning the paddle. Um. No, I, I did get to go sit the the seats that are on top of the green monster. They take you up there. Uh, I've bragging montage. I've now touched both foul poles at Fenway Park. Not a lot of people can say that. No, you touched Pesky's pole. I did, and then I touched the other one. Played I touched a, Fenway's other pole last played week. Played hopscotch with Rick Porcello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Chris Sale is good at Foursquare. Let me just let me just say that right now. The lefty kind of throws you off. So the nice ballpark tour, and then uh, you know, got to get some Red Sox stuff at the team store. Um, more Fenway Park themed than Red Sox themed. So what did you get? It's just it's basically a Fenway Park shirt. You got a shirt that says Fenway Park on it? Uh, more or less. I mean, it's got a little more little more panache to it than that but uh you gotta get a t-shirt i get i get one wherever i go so um and then uh, does it say jackie bradley jr on the back or it does not i'm running out of red Sox here fast so i'm trying yeah i'm gonna keep keep going until i run out of material you just can hold back mitch moreland that's that should have been the easy one yeah actually yeah he's been Going back to earlier topic, he's been really helping me out. He's been one of the few bright spots for me this year. So then the game, game was excellent. Our seats were, we were behind home plate, but not like the first section right behind, but like the next one up. But better sight lines than when we went. I feel like when we went, we spent the whole game at a 45 degree angle trying to be able to see the field. See, I was not in charge of buying those seats and that was our mistake in 2012. Not trusting you. That was our mistake. I, yeah, I uh, I took care of these, and these were these were excellent. And the out of the five of us, you know, a couple of us are big baseball fans. The others are kind of lukewarm, if you will, toward the sport. Mm-hmm. But everybody was like, that was top of the line sports experience. 
for the day. I mean, I want, I would have lived there if they just said, you can just stay here on the property. We had a bunk. We'll pay you just a, you know, a living wage. You can just go to games and maybe just, you know, sweep the dirt and, uh, yeah, you know, just so, counsel Michael Davies every once in a while and, and you're good to go. Oh man. Sold. So did the Red Sox come out on top this night? Uh, they, they came on top big time, <laughs> bigly. And we had some good DraftKings uh, stuff going. Cause of course you go to a game, you just stack the game that you're at. It just gives of it a course. little extra excitement. And early on it was looking good. Cause it was like five to three after three innings, but then things kind of petered out after that. Bullpens got involved. Of course. Matt Barnes maybe came in for a little bit. I, be, I believe so. Yeah. If, if memory serves. Yeah. So then we get out of there, and you mentioned the Bruins earlier. Mm-hmm. Big issue with that was their playoff game was going on the same time as this baseball game. So we couldn't find a way to to go to that. But we did get the experience of uh, by the time we got out of the ballpark, all of these surrounding bars were – so crowded that you couldn't even dream of getting in the door. So we're just standing in the street with hundreds of other people watching the Bruins playoff game in overtime. And then they, uh, they were victorious oh, wow. to cheer with the people of Boston in the streets. So that was pretty exciting. I bet. Yep. And then got the F out of there. <laughs> were you, were, were you, were you were wor- worried about riot, like cars getting flipped and stuff? No, no, not to that extent. Um, no, I think they probably save that for the actual championships, which they're not, they don't hesitate at all to remind you about how many between the Patriots, the Sox, the Bruins, the Celtics that they've won over the last couple of decades. Like the running joke is they can't believe it because it's been all of like, whatever, 75 days since they've won a title. (laughs) They're really spoiled there. Yeah. Living My a heart, tough life. Heart goes out to them there. Thoughts and prayers. So, yeah, it's a fantastic place to visit. Um, you know, it's one of those places that if you go for an extended period of time, you really need to go for a week to really take all the history in yeah. and see everything you need to see. I mean, three days, there's no way we could do it. And we got robbed of basically half a day. Yeah, by uh, by American Airlines. Oh, Obviously, they they will pay. Trust me. So, speaking of American Airlines, and I'll, I'll this will be the last part of it. So the flight home, uneventful. You know, there's no delay or anything like that. But we mentioned the movies, and um, that the movie will pause when the pilot or staff is making an announcement. So I don't know if you've ever seen a movie called The Nice Guys. It's got Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe in it. No. They're they play private detectives for one. I, this is a Glenn recommends five stars. I've okay. seen this movie like seven times. Okay. Now I've never even heard of it. Oh, it's great. But, um, so it's, it's available. One of the choices for the movie. So after I had watched a star is born. First time you like, seeing that. Uh, first time that week I'd seen it. <laughs> That's a whole separate story. You know, um, I'm going to stop you right here because uh, I, I have applicable anecdote for this. 
I met our neighbor. Okay. And uh, he is actually a country music performer that his job is that he goes and plays down on Broadway in Nashville, like at the different bars, like he does this, you know, almost every night. And uh, we, we had dinner with him the other night, very colorful character. You know, he's a professional musician. He told me because of that movie, every bachelorette party that comes through town, it said he's worse than Freebird now. It's everybody wants to hear the shallow. Oh, and no. he's like, I won't play it. He goes, and now when he starts his set, he's like, because he does requests, he's like, I'll play Freebird. I will not play The Shallow. Don't request it. Wow. I refuse. Man, it's a great movie. What were we talking about? The movie. Okay, yeah, the nice we were talking guys. about the, the other movie. What was it called again? The Nice Guys. The nice Russell Crowe, okay. Ryan Gosling. Well, now that I'm going to, next time I'm on American, I'll look for it. Five star. So I'm watching this movie. I know exactly. I've seen it several times. I know what to expect. Um, so let's just say this movie's definitely rated R, but you know people can't hear the dialogue, get the, the earbuds in, and all that. But it loosely, no pun intended, uh, the surrounds or involves the porn industry as part of the plot. So this is why it's your favorite movie. I didn't say that. Ryan Gosling is a dreamboat and is a comedic genius in this movie. Russell Crowe is pretty good too. Um, but anyway, you get like, uh, this is probably like towards the end of the movie. And there's a part of the, well, I don't want to get into all the details because we don't really need to. But there's. So you're not going to review the entire movie right now? No. Uh, we missed the lost episode where I reviewed the Bradley Cooper movie Burnt. Yeah, be, that's too bad out there somewhere i don't think it I is i can't believe we spent like half an hour on this random movie that i watched on netflix um i don't know if i recommend that one it's not five stars it's base. it's three oh, stars it's, at best yeah if it was about the porn industry that'd give it an extra star well anyway watching this movie and as Part of the movie, there's just a, uh, if you're just watching it in real time, it's basically like maybe a one to two second flash of an image of a woman who is definitely not clothed whatsoever. And while I'm watching this movie, this image flashes to the screen, and then all of a sudden you see the message across <laughs> your screen that there's, a, that there's a flight announcement. And it just freezes, right? Jesus, oh, right there. No. And so these screens, if you're sitting beside somebody, you can't see what they're watching. But I'm tall enough that, I mean, yeah. I can see the row in front of me. And if you just happen to kind of um, just look to the row in front of you, whether it's diagonally or what's right in front of you, you can see what people are watching. And so I'm telling you, this was like <laughs> a 20 to 30 second announcement. And this is like the and pointless one where he's talking about, well, the, the air is smoother at 37,000 <laughs> feet. So we're going to move up there. And yeah, yeah. It starts and going over all the connecting flights. <laughs> there is, I'm just sitting in my chair, just stone faced with topless smiling woman on my screen, just looking back at me the whole time. In, in, in like, couldn't have time. like, no pun intended. Couldn't have timed it any better. No. I mean, just just hits it right square at the perfect spot. Right. I mean, in, in this movie, you know, there's maybe one part at the beginning 
and maybe two other very brief, like two to three second scenes where some you you see something. Let's just put it that way. Mm-hmm. Out of a two hour movie, you got about seven seconds of nudity, and we hit and it, it paused right in the middle of one of them. So did you kind of, when you're exiting the plane, just kind of give the captain the knowing nod? <laughs> yeah. It's like, way to go, pal. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you just you just act confident like you've been there before. Nobody ever give you any problems. So that's the Boston trip. Well, man, that was, a, that was a more compelling story than I was expecting out of you. You feel yeah. I feel like you're usually you're usually very guarded with details around these trips. So I I appreciate your candor and opening up and and sharing about your trip because I found that to be a fascinating story. Man, it could have been if if you're telling me there's no flight delay and we get to go to that basketball game, I I may have never returned home. I may still be there in in the town. That was something I didn't take advantage of, though, is just asking people if they've seen the town well, before. I'm disappointed that you didn't yeah, find a way to watch that on the plane over. Yeah. Or or beat the tour guide down with questions about the town. No, so exactly when, when the robbery took place, where did they park the van exactly? So I did make just some standing in the crowd like before the tour and before going in the baseball game, I made a couple of just veiled references to the Fenway robbery and nobody really, nobody really took the bait. Nobody, that. nobody bit. They, they kept on sides for that. Yeah. So there was a couple of attempts, but it's okay. I mean, it was the same thing when we were in Baltimore and we kept trying to engage people about Barks, the Barksdale crew and yeah. nobody would take that bait either. Omar's coming, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Just nobody, Nobody's interested. Yeah. Speaking of baiting, oh, I've got a political story I wanted to make sure you didn't miss. Oh uh, well, you know I'm plugged into that scene. I'm, I'm. I mean, there's one thing I've always said about you from the first time I met you. It was two things. It was that you seemed really uh, adept at building your own DVRs, and that you were really into politics. I mean, those are basically the two takeaways I I got. Like the first time I I met you, you were why, like, man, can we can we just talk about dead? the electoral college you? a little bit? Why are you dead set on just making people mad? Because <laughs> I can go back and edit stuff out. Okay. That other part, like nobody's ever going to know that happened except you and I. That'll, we'll save that for like the Patreon edition of the show where you get the full uncensored content. Right. My, uh, my favorite political candidate was in the news. Did you see this? Mayor Pete was in the news. Is this Pete? Butt gig or whatever his name yeah, is. Yeah, so I, I've got the correct pronunciation on his name. I went to his campaign website, and that's actually very easy to find information because I think a lot of people go there for that information. It's pronounced okay. Butt Edge Edge. And he actually has a shirt that says Butt-Edge-Edge. Man, that seems like a lot, lot to say. Yeah, but I think you say it faster than that. You say butt edge Oh. Pete... Buttigieg, my... I know somebody who's not going to pronounce it that quickly, and it's going to be in a debate. Yes. He's going to spend the entire time just saying, how could you vote for someone whose name is Butt Edge Edge? Yeah, I know that guy too. That's, that guy <laughs> is the reason my 401k is at an all-time high, but let's not get into politics. This is how no. this story starts. 
a pair of right-wing provocateurs. So I'm assuming that is you and Point Break Dave. You know as well. Are being accused of attempting to recruit young gay Republican men. Whoa, hold on. <laughs> Count the red flags. <laughs> to level false allegations of rape against Democratic presidential candidate Pete Butt Edge Edge. <coughs> is this uh, is this the fine work of Jacob Wohl? It is. It says the details mm. of the operative's attempt emerged as one man suddenly surfaced with a vague and uncooperated allegation of sexual assault. And but here's the part of the story. Today. Here's the part of the story. Uh, sorry, I gotta find it. So, anyways, basically. It, Quickly proven to be a lie. The guy that did it recanted. Another guy that they approached had secretly recorded him. So the whole thing was, um, the whole thing was, you know, very quickly uh, debunked. Right. But the reason uh, is, and I'm looking here. I'm sorry, I had this pulled up and then it went down. Basically, I'm going to paraphrase because I don't want to. I don't want to waste valuable show time trying to find the quote again. But basically, the. Uh, the right-wing provocateurs are worried that Mayor Pete is a clear and present danger to Trump should they end up heads up, as it were, in the presidential election. So, Really? Yeah, watch out for Mayor Pete. Things are trending okay. up for him. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have my eyes on butt edge edge. Yeah, it's always a good idea to have your eye on that. And if anybody calls you... Um, about leveling false allegations against him, be careful, or at least roll tape on it for the podcast. It'll get us some, uh, get us some much needed downloads. Yeah, something I struggle with every day to not recruit people for that. All right, do you have anything else? No, I uh, I will promise this to uh, show listeners. I'm I'm taking a flight. Friday, and I've already downloaded the Flat Earth documentary on the iPad. It will be watched in the next episode. Episode 118 will be the payoff. Flat Earth uh, episode. What's that? The Flat Earth episode. Yes. The uh, it will be the payoff from our NFL playoff bet. It will be me reviewing the Flat Earth documentary. So yeah, it took this long, and I didn't even bring it up that you had let. All of us down. No, I had two weeks, and I'm not going to lie to you. I watched a lot of episodes of Riverdale in the last two weeks. I don't even know what that is. That the Luke Perry show? It is. He's dead. <laughs> Why are you watching it? Because I'm really interested to see how they're going to write him off the show. Are you going to watch Boys in the Hood next? That no. John Singleton died. No. Luke Perry's character is struggling with opioid addiction in the show right now. So just a little, little. Just be a little delicate, a little class out of you. Be nice. Okay. But yeah, for episode well, 118, uh, I'm going to review the Flat Earth documentary, and I want you, in honor of me reviewing another uh, crackpot documentary, please bring the bottle of Knob Creek out for this one. Let's try to re <laughs> recreate some of that magic from uh, Loose Change. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll see what I can but I've, I've kind of retired. We'll see. 
I'll go. I'll I'll meet you halfway. As same guy who was just you, no one does that. Not twenty but. minutes ago, discussing how many old fashions he was had drank, and now is telling me he's retired. Well, retired from you know, from from the heavy binging, the just the enjoyment. I have not retired from that. Well, I'd like you to indulge at least enough that we can get some uh, get some quotable moments out of you because I've I've got a feeling this is going to be a. Uh, subject matter that's ripe for criticism. And I, uh, I plan to, to do a good job, do it justice, take lots of notes and, and walk us through, uh, as any good gracious loser would do, uh, for you two gentlemen, hopefully point break Dave will be able to join us. Hey, I, uh, I think I caught him in a lie tonight, but we're not going to bust him on it. Oh no. But, uh, I'm on two different group texts with him. One for the show where he said he was having a work emergency and couldn't do it. And then another one where he, within 10 seconds of sending that, said, Stars game's about to start. Can't wait. Oh, what? So I think he work emergencyed us in a way to watch the Stars game tonight. But <sighs> Wow. Do you expect anything less of point break underscore, Dave? <sighs> no, not really. And that's what everybody else should know. Because everybody always takes his side. This is what we're dealing he's with. A, the, he's a scumbag, and he... <laughs> plays it off on the show to become like the lovable one third of the crew. Don't be fooled. Yeah. He's little red riding hood going through the forest. But if he rolled up in his uh, Mercedes or BMW or whatever he's got and you were on fire, he would just pull out his gas can, pour that on you and probably shoot his gun up in the air. Give me fuel. Give me fire. Give me that which I desire.